0: Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: The Built by Bama Online podcast presents Daybreak for Monday, June the 15th, 2020. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com. Hope you had a great weekend. It was a great one for yours truly. Did a little traveling. We had a high school graduation. Thankful for that. Thankful for that opportunity. On Friday night in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, perfect weather at the Tuscaloosa Amphitheater as we sent our congratulations to the class of 2020 Northridge Jaguars, had one of our very own included in that mix, Miss Tatum Olivia Ryer, who will now make her way to the University of Alabama. And on the sports front, you had things picking back up a little bit as the PGA Tour reconvened out in Fort Worth, Texas at the Charles Schwab Challenge at Historic Colonial Country Club. You had some Alabama, University of Alabama ties in that event. Justin Thomas was right there in the mix through three rounds. Finished up one over 71 on Sunday. Didn't make that two-man playoff that we were treated to later on Sunday evening. And JT bogeyed the 18th hole to finish in a tie for 10th with his good pal, Jordan Spieth, a couple of other Alabama players in the field over the weekend. Well, one of those players made it through the weekend. Bud Cawley shoots seven under for the tournament. That's tied for 29th. He goes 67, 67, 68 for the former Alabama All-American over his final three rounds of the tournament. A nice, solid return to the tour for Bud Cawley. Also, Robbie Shelton participated in the event. Robbie Shelton, unfortunately, Uh, A missed cut after shooting plus five through two rounds on Thursday and Friday. So it's on to the RBC Heritage for a lot of these guys as the tour shifts from the Lone Star State to Hilton Head Island coming up this week. The RBC Heritage, one of the more fun events on the PGA Tour. And you're going to have the top five players in the world taking part in the event, including Justin Thomas, Rory McIlroy, uh, you're going to have Brooks Kepka. You're going to have John Rahm. And you're going to have Dustin Johnson. So there's your top five in the world that will be at the Heritage this week. Unfortunately, no Tiger Woods. There had been some rumblings, some rumors that perhaps Tiger was going to get in that yacht and make his way up the Atlantic coast from South Florida to the low country of South Carolina. Alas, it is not going to happen. Meanwhile, on the Alabama football recruiting front, Alabama fans still abuzz following the commitment of five-star offensive tackle J.C. Latham to the Crimson Tide last Friday. That's a good way to get the weekend going, isn't it? A five-star offensive tackle. Latham originally from the Milwaukee, Wisconsin area following his sophomore year up there at Burlington Catholic Central. Made his way down to IMG, was a two-way star prior to heading to Bradenton, Florida. Latham, working both on the offensive and defensive lines his first couple of years of high school football, has since concentrated squarely solely on the offensive tackle spot down at IMG, and some comparisons that maybe could be made between Latham and some previous Alabama offensive tackles. Really, just in the last eight or nine years in the Nick Saban era, you've seen this continued run of just outstanding talent from the offensive tackle spot. I mean, we could make that argument, right, for pretty much any position on the field under Nick Saban. But it is impressive when you consider the likes of Cam Robinson, of Jonah Williams, um, of Evan Neal here recently, uh, of Alex Leatherwood, of Jedrick Wills, and that's just going back to, say, 2014. You know, when I watch J.C. Latham on, field, on film, the comparison that comes to mind initially, at least, just in terms of physical makeup and those type of things, is probably more along the lines of Cyrus Quanjo. What I like about Latham is that he looks to be a natural pass setter, And when you watch him in pass protection, and he's really good, don't get me wrong, in creating running lanes as well, but it's in pass pro where you see the athleticism very obviously. You can tell he's been coached extremely well. That would be the expectation, certainly at IMG. More polished in terms of pass protection than typically young offensive linemen coming from the prep ranks are. And that's a lot of times at no fault of the of the prospect or the player, because the offensive systems from which they are produced can be varying. Although we're seeing more and more of the spread and more of the concepts you're seeing at the collegiate and even these days at the National Football League level. But yeah, the athleticism stands out for sure. He has defensive line in his background. He has played basketball, track and field. So again, that tells you that this guy is more than just six foot six and 305, 310 pounds or so. This is an athlete playing the offensive tackle position. So for me, the comparison just on the eye test, the initial eye test, is more along the lines of Cyrus Quanjo. You know, Quanjo back in 2011 was Alabama's top-rated recruit for that class, the number one class in the nation that year. Cyrus Quanjo was the number two overall recruit in 2011. He was the number one offensive tackle, In that class, about as much as anything, what I remember about Cyrus and his recruitment was the drama, right? Because it was considered to be a slam dunk that Cyrus would follow his brother down to Alabama. Ari, of course, an offensive guard, interior lineman for the Crimson Tide, a very good player in his own right. Uh, But there was a sudden change there. And it was looking more and more like Cyrus Quanjo, even on signing day in 2011, was perhaps headed to rival Auburn. That sort of took care of itself in the days that followed. I think it was the Saturday after National Signing Day that Alabama got the paperwork from Cyrus Quanjo. So there was certainly some drama there. Hopefully for Alabama fans, that won't be the case between now and Signing Day with J.C. Latham. But yeah, when you talk about upside, those are the things you see in J.C. Latham. And again, you talk about Quanjo. Maybe there's a a mix of some other guys that you see in J.C. Latham. Maybe you see some Jonah Williams with his natural explosiveness in his hands. I guess it's upside is the word that keeps coming back to me. And that's not to say, again, that this guy won't show up ready to play as a true freshman because of the way he's going to have been coached at IMG. And what he already shows on film in terms of polish, he's obviously advanced from a technical standpoint. You combine that with the athleticism, the agility, the natural pass pro ability that you see from him. And it's easy to envision in some ways that this is a guy that comes in as a part of the 2021 class. And like Cam Robinson, like Jonah Williams, you know, like so many of these tackles that we've seen going back to even Andre Smith, jump right into that mix and become immediate impactors along the offensive line. Now, big picture-wise, you're still talking about a very deep position even beyond 2020 when you know Alex Leatherwood's going to be making that move to the national football league. Evan Neal, Tommy Brown, Amari Kite. Most recently in the 2020 class, guys like Javion Cohen, maybe Damian George if he isn't an interior guy. I think those are the prime candidates that you're going to talk about or hear about. You're still going to have to consider some guys that can swing between spots. Even though we've seen Pierce Quick mostly at left guard during his first year in the program, Pierce Quick has an extensive history, a very impressive history, a lot of accolades for Pierce Quick at the offensive tackle spot. So you have some versatility, too. I mentioned a guy like Tommy Brown. He's worked inside, even though we've seen him a lot at tackle. Evan Neal was a starting left guard a year ago. He's worked inside. I think Amari Kite, of these young offensive linemen that we've actually seen on the practice field, to this point, I look at him and say he is exclusively a tackle for the time being, but just about the rest of these guys – Can play a couple different spots. Now, you watch the tape of JC Latham, and that's what an offensive tackle looks like to you because there just aren't that many folks that are juniors in high school that are 6'6, 300 pounds or so, and can kick slide and pass protection like you see from JC Latham. And by the way, if you're a subscriber to us there at BamaOnline.com and you hang out on the round table with us there, on BOL. You probably saw over the weekend where site publisher Tim Watts put in another crystal ball for a top 2021 prospect. This one on the defensive side of the ball. I'm gonna let you get over to BOL and check that out for yourself there on the round table. I will tell you, it might be another linebacker, perhaps. Hmm. Interesting stuff from Tim Watts, and you can find that right now at B O L. Coming up next we are going to set an over-under for yards per completion for the Alabama passing game in the 2020 season. I guess a couple different ways you can look at it, and we'll get into that when we come back from the break. But yards per completion, yards per catch, tomato, tomato. We'll figure the whole thing out. When daybreak on a Monday, part of the Built by Bama online podcast returns right after this. Back with more Daybreak, part of the Built by Bama online podcast. If you haven't already, we would certainly appreciate you subscribing to the podcast while you're there. Leave us a rating and a review. And by the way, if you leave us a review, leave us a question or a comment while you're there as well. We check those reviews. We want to make sure you're enjoying the podcast. But also, if you have a team-specific or recruiting-specific or just a site management-type question in general, We'd love to hear from you there in the review section of that part of the subscription process. So let's get into it on this Monday morning. Let's get into establishing an over under for yards per completion for the Alabama passing game in 2020. And you got to look at this from a couple of different aspects. You got to look at it primarily in terms of personnel, right? And you talk about the guys that are going to be on the receiving ends of these passes in 2020. And you gotta consider who's gonna be throwing the passes because starting with the wide receivers, you know, in 2019, Henry Ruggs III averaged 18.65 per reception on 40 grabs. You consider that Alabama as a team averaged 15.5 yards per completion. That tells you that Henry was a little more than three yards per catch ahead of the team average. You also had another guy in that 18.5-yard range per grab in Devontae Smith, who is coming back for his senior season. Devontae at 18.5 on 67 catches. So right there in the neighborhood of Henry the III, a first-round pick a year ago, except Devontae Smith did it on 27 more grabs. Jalen Waddles back for his junior campaign after 17 uh, averaging 17 yards per catch on 33 grabs. And then, of course, Jerry Judy moves on in the first round of the 2020 NFL draft as well after averaging 15.1 on 77 grabs you also factor in the running back and tight end positions potentially in all this you know that Najee harris can give you a great deal in the passing game after averaging 11.3 per grab on 27 receptions a year ago the hope is that miller forestall has that full season of good health to work with if that's the case with the production of rugs and judy moving on Even with John Mechie potentially stepping into that number three spot and doing some really big things in his second year in the program, there is room, there is still plenty of room for the running back position led by Najee Harris, for the tight end position led by Miller Forstall to contribute a great deal to this offense. So 15.5 yards per catch a season ago, per completion a year ago, 2018 the number was even higher. 16.1 yards per completion two seasons ago. And you did it on an average of two more receptions per game in 2018. And you want to know how you win a Bolitnikov award? Jamar Chase pretty much followed this recipe in 2019 for LSU. But Jerry Judy, two seasons ago, averaged 19.3 yards per catch on sixty-eight receptions. Jalen Waddle two years ago was at 18.8 on forty-five grabs. Ruggs was at sixteen point one on forty six catches. Your tight end two years ago. When we talk about the potential for Miller Forstall to give a lot more to this offense in the passing game, Er Smith two years ago is as recent as you need to go. Because 16.1 on 44 catches, that's insane for a tight end. Devontae, two seasons ago, battled through that hamstring issue at about the midway point of the 2018 campaign, still averaged 16.5 on 42 grabs. So in 2018, you had five receivers in Judy, Waddle, Ruggs, Irv Smith, Jr., Devontae Smith, average better than 16 yards per catch. So you also, again, consider the running back position. Two years ago, Josh Jacobs was giving you 12.4 per grab on his 20 receptions in that season. So understanding what the personnel situation looks like right now at the receiver spots for Alabama, you consider the transition that's coming up at quarterback. You consider the Tua Tagovailoa era of the last two-plus years at the capstone and you start to consider what this next era might look like with Mac Jones and or Bryce Young. Tua in his two seasons as a starter, 607 pass attempts. And I'm not going to talk about yards per completion so much with Tua because what's most impressive about Tua the last 2 years is that he averaged 11.2 per attempt. Per attempt, That's not per completion, that's per pass attempt, which was best in the FBS over the last two seasons by a pretty considerable stretch. Put it this way, as great as Joe Burrow and the LSU passing game were this past season, Joe Burrow averaged 10.8 yards per attempt for the 2019 season. For the last two seasons, Tua averaged 11.2 per attempt. And those are great numbers from Joe Burrow. There's no doubt about it. But it doesn't really come close to what tuatanga Tagovailoa accomplished over a span of, well, just about two seasons. We know he missed the four starts in 2019. So what about the guy who made those four starts in place of tuatanga Tagovailoa a season ago? Well, in those games... Alabama averaged with Mac Jones, those four starts for Mac Jones. Alabama still averaged 16.7 yards per completion. So that was still more than a full yard better than the team average for the entirety of the 2019 campaign. He did it on 70 completions for 1,174 yards. And again, as far as yards per attempt go, which is what I focus on. Because it speaks more to explosive play efficiency and really just quarterback efficiency in general. Because if a guy throws for 400 yards on 55 pass attempts, it sort of gets watered down. So yards per attempt in 2019 for Mac Jones, he was at 10.7 compared to the 11.3 for Tua. Not much of a drop off there. And again, this is considering that really anything north of eight yards per pass attempt is really pretty good. Making those yards per attempt numbers even more impressive is when you compare them to, say, 2016 and 2017, when Alabama, over those two seasons, primarily with Jalen Hurts at the quarterback position, averaged around 7.9 yards per attempt uh, in 2016 and 2017. Now, Rushing yards in those two seasons per game were well ahead of 2018 and 2019, but even with that ground game working as effectively as it did, Alabama wasn't hitting as many explosive plays off them through the air. In fact, Alabama in 2016 and 2017 ranked middle of the SEC pack in terms of explosive pass plays. Meanwhile, 2018 and 2019 with Tua tonga as the primary option at the quarterback position and with, of course, those great receivers, Alabama ranked first or second in each of those two seasons. And again, we want to be an equal credit provider here on the Daybreak Podcast so we fully understand the big questions that Alabama will have to answer at those receiver spots, once you get past Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell and you get into Mechie territory, maybe Xavier Williams, Slade Bolden, Javon Baker, Trayshawn Holden, Tyu Jones-Bell, the tight end position with Forrestall, maybe Jalil Billingsley gives you something a little extra in his second year in the program. And it's with those last four seasons that we've outlined on the podcast to this point that had me thinking initially that I might put Alabama's over-under for yards per completion in 2020, somewhere right in the middle, because personnel-wise, you're thinking half of those four wide receivers are moving on. Tua tonga is moving on. You're thinking that the approach is going to be a little bit more committed to the run game like it was in 2016 and 2017 and that may very well prove to be the case but after seeing mac jones and his four starts and change a year ago i'll lean more to this group being able to capitalize on the opportunities that naji harris and the run game bring about with that I'm going to put the over-under for yards per completion for the Alabama passing game in 2020 at 14.9. That's down about a half yard per catch from the 15.5 a a season ago. It's down more than a full yard from the 16.1 in 2018. But if you get to 14.9 with a new quarterback and some new faces at the wide receiver position, that tells me, You've been doing some good things off what should be an exceptionally dominant running attack during the upcoming season. That's going to do it for a Monday edition of Daybreak here on the Built by Bama Online podcast. Thanks again for joining us here on the program. Thanks again for joining us right there at BamaOnline.com. Hang out with us on the roundtable there, the premium message board at BOL. You'll be the first to know as it happens involving Crimson Tide Athletics. Have a great rest of your Monday, everybody.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Trek all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world.